You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 110 of the MXU podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here with my good buddy, co-host, Lee Fields. How you doing, friend? I'm tired. But? But it's the Saturday Easter weekend, and we're doing a podcast. That means that you're not sitting behind a console at umpteen dozen Easter services this weekend. That's like the first time in a while. That's got to feel interesting. It's so funny. I, I just heard what you said, and I saw a text message come in to uh, me and Aaron Padilla from this guy named Cody, who is the audio engineer at Bayside now, and yeah. Aaron is now gone. And the text says, my hands are shaking because you guys aren't here. Wow. Interesting. I, yeah. So it's freaking weird, man. Yeah. It was well, weird at Christmas. Like we, I talked about that before, but yeah, the Easter one is really weird because, uh, my father-in-law asked me today, he's like, so how long has it been since you haven't had to do anything Easter weekend? And I said, oh, it's been like 15 years. I just threw the number out there. I think it's been longer. It's been since 2005. That's, 17, 17 years. years. Yeah. Wow. It's a long time. But instead of sitting behind a console this weekend or leading a production team, you actually got to spend the week with your family on spring break away from your hometown, visiting yeah. other family and enjoying some of our nation's national parks, which is awesome. That's what we do. National parks. That's right. So where'd you go? Uh, we went to our, as a family, 24th national park in five years. That's amazing. And that's crazy. That is crazy. I think I've been to somewhere around 30 that the family hasn't been to in other places, but 24. My kids, my kids have been to 24 national parks. It's bananas. Uh, so this week we did the Smokies, yeah. which we'd done that before, but this was like, okay, since we started this thing, let's go back and get the picture at the sign. You know, That's how you know you've been. And right. we get the little coins in the gift shop. We're totally that family. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, and uh, we went to Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. Okay. Which, if you're within a day's drive of that place, you should go. It's 400 miles of underground cave. What? I, exactly. I had no idea it was that big. Yeah, dude. Yes. How far underground is it? 300 feet. Um, I don't know if I'd make it. Well... Where we were was 300 feet. So, and you have to go straight up stairs to get back out of that. Wow. So that was my uh, MXU 75 <laughs> uh, walking <laughs> check. Got that off the list. But it's enormous, not to make the whole podcast about national parks, but there's 100 people in the tour we did. It was a guided tour. Okay. And the paths that you're walking down, dude, they're like the size of a four-lane highway. There's one room in there that's probably... 200 yards across in this giant cavern are you serious oh, i'm dead serious it's crazy it's it's a mammoth <laughs> aptly named i had no idea i mean i really yeah. didn't where in kentucky is it it's in bowling green so okay. it's a half hour north of bowling green so after you visit the corvette museum then you go to mammoth cave amazing yeah so i think it's about an hour and a half from nashville Hour and change, Lexington, Louisville. It was three and a half hours from Knoxville. So we just yeah. did it in a day. We went out there, 
did the cave, did the Corvette Museum, and then we're home by dinner. That's so cool. Yeah. And then we did New River Gorge. So that's the newest national park, right? Yeah, it's only two years old in the national park scene. Okay, so I saw a post of you at this place. You were you yeah. looked like okay, so for anybody who's ever wanted to like be a rigger on tour, oh my god, you looked like you were clipped in like a guy up at the top of the arena getting ready to walk across the catwalk. Except that this catwalk was how far above the ground? Eight hundred and fifty feet. No, thank you. I'm out. <laughs> and how far did you walk? Three thousand feet, so over a half a mile. No, I'm out. It was insane. It was a twenty-four inch wide platform with nothing underneath it, so it's just attached horizontally to other structure. So under you, you know, quarter inch piece of steel, nothing. Uh uh-uh. uh And it's an and open. It's an in. open grate, so you can see, like you can see all the way down. Yeah, and you know. I'm terrified of heights. Yeah. Unless there's like water. I don't mind jumping off tall things into water. I grew up like, you know, cliff jumping in the Smokies, like 40, 50 feet. I've done that. I don't have any issues with that because you'll survive. Right. I think that's the whole point. Like I can swim and this would not end tragically. (laughs) That on the other hand. (laughs) Gravity wins every time on that one. No, no. I think as soon as I get above about 20 feet and there's a hard surface, I don't do that. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, we, we show up and they've got harnesses and that's all I'm thinking about is riggers the whole time. Yeah. These people rigging in arenas or in churches for that matter. And I'm thinking of Zach Camry and his rock climbing hobby and they put the harness on or you put it on yourself. My kids are putting it on and Rusty, our tour guide, who is like, yeah, I, I retired from the medical field. I wanted to conquer my fear of heights. So couple months ago i came and did this tour i did it a couple days in a row and then they asked me if i wanted a job so i said well i guess that's a good way to conquer my fear a little more so here i am so this is your this is the guy responsible for your health (laughs) and well-being yeah who was more (laughs) terrified of heights than i was 60 days ago (laughs) oh my word so we put the uh, harnesses on and he goes we don't have to pull them too tight today like let's not worry that much about it and on my kids, I'm like, yes, just cinch it as tight as thing? it'll go. Yeah. Yeah. Because all amazing. I'm thinking about is me hanging upside down and it just completely flying off because it's not tied on. I do this weird thing when something bad can happen. I play the whole thing out in my mind as horrible as it could be. And somehow I don't have panic attacks, but that's, that's my life. That's so amazing. I'm, I, I'm walking down this thing. It's shaking, by the way, because if bridges don't shake, they collapse. Right. That. It's got to have a little give to it. Yeah. So a semi goes over this bridge, and it is, it's like a California earthquake under there. The entire, it took us an hour to walk across, by the way, because every 50 feet, he had a fact. He had to tell us, and he couldn't remember them all, so he was pretty slow. So, so I'm you're, just walking, like, you're walking under, under a highway. Yes. So there's people driving on this bridge above your head. Yep. And you're under it just and 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 people are supposed to just think, "Oh, this is this is cool. No no big deal." Right. Like when I saw the pictures that you posted, Jenny yeah. and the kids, the look on their faces are like, "This is fun." The oh, look yeah. on your face is, "I'm terrified." Yeah, how much <laughs> life insurance did I have? 
Yeah. And then, you know, they get to the halfway point when you're the highest, you're at the 850 feet. And he's like, this is a great point. If everyone wants to sit down and stick your legs off the side and take a picture. Nope. Um, I didn't move. Nope. I didn't sit down. I didn't do nothing. Jenny and the kids sit down and Jenny's all la 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 taking selfies and moving around. Ha. I'm like, no, no, thanks. I'd just be afraid of dropping my phone. I know. I mean, I, I wonder how many got, broken iPhones are in the bottom of that gorge. I got my phone out once. Like, how could you, you ever try to get your phone out of your pocket with two hands? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did. I'm like, oh, you're holding a thousand dollars in your hand. It's yeah, basically right. And I don't have a case on mine because I'm trying to be that guy doesn't have the case because it looks cooler. And I'm like, I this is where you need the OtterBox with the OtterBox over it. Right. That was the way I felt. When you're putting on your harness, you should have said, do you have an OtterBox that's for humans? <laughs> right. Just bounce. Gosh. No, Jenny could have walked across it with no safety. She was fine. Wow. Well, I know you guys had a great time. And I love the fact we that did. you got to just dig in as a family and just have a great break and connect you know all the things that should happen on a vacation and it's meaningful i think that this year it it could be around easter and you weren't tied to a leash at a console so good yeah. for you yeah well and you know opposite of probably everyone listening they ha- they have to do that so this is not a well i got to be with my family because i don't work at church anymore i think you you've got to find time to do that right if it can't happen on easter or it can't happen on christmas then there has to be a strategic time where you say, okay, this is going to be my off, like where I'm just going to turn everything off and shut it down and focus on my family and, you know, pour into those experiences. Cause that's really, you know, that's the thing about you guys in the national parks is that everyone is such a unique experience. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily just about getting the photo and getting the coin, but it's you're 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 making indelible memories with your kids and they're never going to forget those times. No, they won't. And you know what I've found too is it's the most affordable way to have great vacations is national parks. Interesting. They are. So the the annual national park pass, it's I want to say it's like 100 bucks and it gets you into every park, but some parks don't charge admission. Like the Smokies, it doesn't cost anything to go there. Uh, New River Gorge didn't cost anything. Mammoth didn't cost anything. You pay for the tour. It was like 15 bucks a person. But all the parks on the West Coast definitely charge you to get in. But it's $100. And even state park passes, it's about the same, 60, 100 bucks, depending on the state. You get into every park. But then you can camp. That's cheap. Like some people don't like to tent camp. But if you can't spend $3,000 on a beach vacation because your church salary won't allow that, well, what you can do is get out in God's country, by gosh, and go, <laughs> go to some national parks. That's cool. Yeah, it is cool. I'm glad you had a good time. It's I was I was jealous. I wasn't jealous of the gorge, but I was jealous of the the time and the and the caves for sure. Yeah. It made me honestly this week it made me think of everyone out there working this week. You know, it's yeah. the busiest week of the year. And I'm like I left church staff full-time uh, end of June, so July, yep. and something else, it's taken me this long to figure out. I'd say it's taken my wife and I some time to figure out, and Jeff, you and I talked about this. I, I've had to figure out how to re-enter my family. Hmm. 
And I don't mean that like, no, I kind of do. I kind of do. It, it is like what, I, what I'm saying. I think I've been working in ministry full time my entire marriage and my kids' entire lives. And definitely the first five or six years of the kids' lives, I worked way too much. Like I've talked about this before. It was easier yeah. to be at work than it was um, to go home. And I took advantage of that and I did some pretty selfish and not great things. Well, the last few years of working in church, I think I figured out a good rhythm and got time to get away when we could get away. You know, I, I think it was a healthier way. I, I know it was. Yeah. Jenny and I have talked about it. Yeah. But even still, like not, not working weekends, not having to work any holidays, it's still a new version of life for us with me integrated into the family again. Yeah. Well, it was funny back back in the days when I was on tours, you know, Liz would complain, especially when Stella was little, that, you know, if I'm gone for three weeks at a time, yeah, and then I come off the road and I'm gonna be home for the next three weeks, there is this period of reentry where it's like, okay, yep. we we missed you a lot the first week, but then we established our rhythm and we got into our routine and now you're coming home disrupting all that. Yep. And it's like, well, yeah, but I missed you guys and I want to engage. And so, yeah. And then she was like, yeah, but bedtime for our five-year-old is still 7.30. So you coming in and trying to have a party right after dinner before she goes to bed, <laughs> it's like you're, you're upsetting the apple cart here. We need to dial it back. And so there was yeah. that balance of reentry. And so to make that not just a like an occasional thing when you're on a tour, but to make that a regular part of your family's culture. I think that's good that, you know, it's not surprising that it's taken a little bit of time for that to happen. Yeah. And it made me think, okay, how would I do that again? Like yeah. if I could rewind the clock again. And I think I'm, I, I'm, t I'm talking to everyone out there who thinks I'm talking to them. I'm talking to you. You have got to figure out a way to make your family. Number one, like I, we, we say this all the time, but I, I still don't think we've hit it hard enough or as deep as it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Because I think when we feel like we're making family number one, we're still not. It really needs to be like family needs to be one through five. <laughs> and then in sixth place needs to be your job. Mm -hmm. And then maybe somewhere around ninth or tenth should be your ministry. You know, it's not like working in church is such a conundrum. It's like it's it's so critical to and it has eternal impact but so does your family right well for me growing up you know my dad was a pastor and that was yeah. the excuse that we would use internally when there were times that he was absent you know he was you know looking back there were a lot of times when he was at work because it was easier to be there than to be at home because of stuff yeah. with him and my mom that I never really knew about until later but my excuse to justify what he was doing was always, well, he's working for the Lord. And so I can't be upset. I can't feel abandoned. I can't be frustrated because it's for Jesus. And so I'm right. somehow a bad Christian if I take that out of my dad. And it's like, man, that's just dangerous. Like that's, yeah. that is not healthy. And that'll lead to a lifetime of 
just consequences and you'll spend way too much money on a counselor <laughs> years from now <laughs> if you yeah. don't get that right. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, when you're talking about being on the road for three weeks at a time, when you are working 50 hours a week for three weeks in a row and you're just sleeping at home and just telling the kids good night. Yeah. It's about the same as being on the road for three weeks. Right. Especially when they're little, because you don't have, yeah. you don't have very much awake time with them at all. Right. And you know, I don't, I don't think pastors want us to be like that. And if you're working for someone who is bragging about you working 80 hours a week, then you shouldn't work there. But I, I don't think they want you to do that. I don't. Right. I think they want you to have a great family life. I think they want one through five to be family. And I think they want their church to be 10. I, I do think that. The tendency, though, is we think if we don't do it, something bad will happen, whether that's the weekend won't be as good as it can be, our team won't be as healthy as they can, like we got to be there, we got to do this stuff. And that's a lie that we tell ourselves. I, right. I don't think it's true. I don't. Yeah. I think we're we're doing that. I did it out of a need to prove something to somebody. And that's to ourselves. That's to our dads. That's to our moms. That are you know whatever it is for you, whatever it for is, anybody. Yeah. But but it's we're doing it out of a place of not good. Um, that's, that's psychology from Lee. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't have like a step one, two, three how to fix this just that if i had to do it all over again i would not consider what i thought was good to be good enough i would need to rethink the whole thing hmm. and even the you know I, I would take multiple weeks off in the summer while i was at the church i figured out ways to do it yeah but it's still different like you can't just play catch up in the summer or when it's slow you know i hear a lot of churches say that like when we go hard we go hard but then well, there's times when you take down times like no i don't i don't think that's okay i think I think you got to be home and have a regular rhythm with your family. Yeah. You got to be at the soccer field having the same friends as your wife. You've got to be you've got to be in the kids classrooms knowing the teachers and in you know it, you got to you got to do it. You yeah. Gotta. Because emotional health for your family is not seasonal. It's not something that no. you can just turn on and off. You've got to establish it. It's not just quality time and it's not just quantity time. It's No quality time over time where those impactful moments really happen. And that's, that's hard to manage when you're, when you're full-time, especially as a young person with a young family, yeah. you know, I don't know, I don't know how to crack that code, but I'm glad we're talking about it because yeah. I think there is a danger for the sort of mega church, especially mentality where everybody's all in because it's just what we have to do. And Sunday's coming and, you know, it's a great mission. And yeah, all those things are true. But man, the worst thing in the world is to wake up 10 years from now with a boatload of regret. Right. Yeah. I'm not a boatload, but I'm probably a little, uh, a little wagon full of it. A little you dingy. Know? It's like, yeah, a little something. <laughs> I, I would do it over again. Um, yeah. Another thing I was thinking about is I think this would be the case for some of us, whether we were working in church or whether we're, an accountant. I think it's still that need to please something or somebody that's just, it's just there no matter what you did. I don't think it's specifically because it's church. Yeah. But for some of us, I think it can be the, the ministry, the, the, the weightiness to what we do. 
And I got to figure out where I read this. This happens to me all the time where I read something or somebody says something. I forget who said it. But I, I read something this week and I even sent this to someone in a DM. I responded to something they posted. When, when it comes to feeling pressure to perform on a ministry level. Mm-hmm. Okay, imagine this. No, no, don't imagine it because I think this is true. Uh, a theologian can test me on this, Rusty Anderson. If all we ever did, if all we did was just worship God, that's enough. That will preach. I, I really believe that's true. And the problem is, how many uh, dysfunctional folks in ministry do we know personally who haven't missed a Sunday in years but haven't worshipped in a long time? Yep. So let's just let yeah. that sit for a minute. <laughs> And maybe we can move on. <laughs> okay, yeah. I don't know what to do with that, but yeah. something I've been really thinking about. No, I get it. That's really good. So we have a couple things that are really exciting that we want to let people in on. First, if you're going to be at NAB next week. Oh, yeah. When this episode comes out on Monday, basically a week from today, next Monday, if you're going to be at NAB in Las Vegas, you do not want to miss the Central Production, MXU, Ross, et al., yeah. NAB party. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a banger. I don't know what all we can say about it other than... All I know is I've seen a few photos of the suite that we're in. Yeah. Guys, so this hotel is only nine months old. It's the Resorts World uh, property. That's one of the newest properties in Vegas. Which is where you'll find us anytime we're in Vegas now. We've switched. Yeah, it's we've our switched. Hotel. Yeah. Um, but this this place that we're in for the party has only been used one other time, and it was for Paris Hilton's wedding. Yep. So it's, um, needless to say, pretty swank and pretty well-appointed. Let's just say yeah. that. Uh, thank you, sponsors, for helping pay for it, Jeremy. No Bagwell, kidding. Ross. Yes. So we're we're thrilled. So if you're going to be there, um, you need to you need to sign up because we need to know who's coming. I think there's probably a few spots left, but we're we're yeah. already getting pretty full. So there's over 200 people signed up. I think it's Monday night, April 25th, seven o'clock, until we kick you out. Who's going to sleep in this room? We get it all night. Um, maybe me. Okay. <laughs> So go to Central Productions Instagram, link in their bio, and go sign yourself up. It's free, but you do need to register because it's going to sell out because we can only have, I think, like 300 people. So yeah. only 100 more people or so are going to be able to get in. That's great. The other big thing is we need to talk about what's happening this fall because we've gotten some plans that are starting to firm up yep. for the next iteration of the MXU Live Tour. It's happening. Yes. Again. We have cities picked out. We have dates picked out. We are very close to locking in those cities and dates and venues. That's the only thing we're waiting on is just jumping through some paperwork with some churches. So as soon as we get that, it could be this week and then next week's podcast, we're announcing the whole thing and tickets are on sale. Um, we also have confirmed a worship band. 
yes. that I'm freaking stoked about. Yeah, me too. So for those of you who haven't heard, our approach for this event is going to be like the day two event in our two-day events last year. So basically, it's designed for a team. So it's not just come and learn how to mix audio better. It is a team day. So we're going to have specifics on audio, video, and lighting. We're going to program a whole worship set with lighting. We're going to talk about video and camera operating and directing. We're going to talk about how to run a sound check. We're going to talk about best practices for putting it all together. It's basically throughout the day, you're going to be guided through how to execute a 20-minute worship set with, with you and your band. And the conversations that happen about leadership and about just the practical nuts and bolts side of what we do, everything from planning center to, you know, multi-band compression and everything in between. It's it's just for me, it's been the highlight of anything we've ever done. So to bring that again is gonna be amazing. It's gonna be awesome. And we're not letting anyone in unless you bring at least 10 people. Yeah. And if you're from a small church, grow your team in the next few months because we're gonna need you to show up big time. <laughs> Maybe not 10, but we, d- we don't want you to come alone. You need to bring as many right. from your team as you can because it's designed for everybody that's to true. learn together. Yep, that's awesome. So hopefully next week we'll have some more news on that. If not, ticket sales. Yeah. It's coming quick. So another big thing is that this summer you're going to spend a few weeks mixed in front of house on a tour, which you haven't done in a while. Uh, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've done an actual tour. It's usually been a weekend at Elevation, a weekend at Central, VU right. Conference, and, and whatever's for the past little bit. But yeah, like yeah, I'm freaking stoked. And it's on a Digico. Come on. There, I said it. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, Lee's a Yamaha guy. Lee only uses Yamaha. Sometime between now and uh, June, you're going to have to figure out how to build a show file because I don't think your Ravage file will convert to a Digico 338. <laughs> it will not. It will not. I've actually mixed on a 338 at Central a couple yeah. times. It's a great desk. It is a great desk. And luckily, if you know any Digico console, you can basically mix on any Digico console. That yeah. is one really nice thing about them. Um, so yeah, that's going to be awesome. But yeah, it's what's funny is you should be on this tour also. Well, I really don't want to go there because it, it hurts my heart a little bit that we're not going to be there together. I know. Um, but yeah, so our buddy um, James Rudder, who has been mixing for Hillsong United forever, yep. has taken a job with one of our manufacturer friends. Yep. So he, he was not able to fill the second leg of the Tomlin United tour. So they reached out to you to see if you would come out and fill those big shoes for a few weeks giant and shoes so, yeah so it's not a it's not a permanent assignment it's not a forever thing but for a few weeks you are going to have a blast it's going to be ridiculous i went to san antonio uh i guess it's been two weeks now to see the show meet the band hang with james and brad which we need to get them on the podcast i think um, we definitely do i can't believe we haven't yet yeah and it was awesome the band was super cool the music's really straightforward. You know, it's a lot of guitar amps under the stage. Great drummer. It's a band. It's a rock band. Yeah. With a bunch of singers. Yeah. 
Well, you're going to rock it. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I'm I'm more looking forward to this than anything I've ever done. I'll say that. That's great. It's like, you know, that healthy amount of nervousness mixed with yeah. healthy amount of confidence. Because, I mean, like, they're, besides Tomlin, who's on the tour, it's like the biggest worship band on the planet. It's a pretty big deal. It's a very big yeah. deal. So I don't, I don't take it lightly. It's super honored I even got the call. And one of the best mixes I've ever heard ever was James mixing United on the Empire's tour in Phoenix. I flew to see that show because of what people were talking about online visually. I wanted yeah. to see it in person and then I went and heard it. You've and talked about that before. I have. And it was one of the best things I've ever heard. And I think he even said, he remembers that show of it sounding particularly good. We talked about that before. And so, yeah, when I got the call, I was like, bro, are you kidding? Let me check my schedule. Oh, uh, Give me a few days to respond, guys. And I was like, of course I'm going to do this. Freaking Hillsong United. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm stuck. That's awesome. So while you're doing that, I'm going to be getting ready to do a few dates with Dude Perfect, of all things. So I told Dakota you're doing that, and he's like, Which, yeah. when are we going? <laughs> well, I'm going to figure out how to do some trick shots before then. So I want to... I want to blow the guys away with my ability to throw my car keys against the wall and they just stick to a, a hook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's jokes there, but I need to come up with better jokes on this one. Yeah. Well, every time you call me now, I'm going to just answer like FaceTime doing a trick shot of something. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, but that'll be fun. I know a bunch of the folks on the crew for that tour and they reached out to me because actually James Rudder had mixed for them yeah. on the last big tour that they did. And because of his new job and they've had a new baby. So he's otherwise occupied. And so, so basically it takes both you and I to fill James shoes, <laughs> big shoes, yes. big shoes, like you said, but yeah, I'm super excited. So if you have a chance to get out to a couple shows this summer, you can come see me and or Lee and we'd love to, to hang out. Uh, space six feet apart with mask on and checking vax cards i'm just kidding okay so i saw a guy at the airport yesterday i mean folks can we just can we just get over ourselves a little bit (laughs) there's a guy waiting in line to board and he is double masked with a face shield still i i feel bad for people like that because he's genuinely fearful Right. He's actually afraid. It's it's changed his life in such a way that he's afraid. That's not virtue signaling. Like some people are, you know, wearing a mask on a sidewalk and they're just right. letting people know that they're nice. That driving a mask, driving driving down the street by themselves right. in their car. Yeah. That is genuine fear. And it yeah. makes me sad. Yeah. It makes me as sad as using drum samples. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, how can we get get this back to audio quickly? I like it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, you know what else well, today is, Jeff? Today is technically day 76 of the MXU 75. That's true. But when we recorded it, it's day 74. That's right. Tomorrow's Easter Sunday. And our special guest today, he's not really a guest anymore. He's like an extension of the team. Yeah. He's our he's our health coach. Yeah. And uh, here's a little teaser to stick around for the end of the interview. I haven't done this yet because I've been on an airplane all day and it's day 74, but you weighed in and you took your measurements. I did. And I was freaking floored. 
but you got to stay till the end of the interview to hear. All right. Well, let's get right to it. All right. Well, we have made it. By the time you hear this, it'll be Monday morning for a lot of you. And that will mean that we have completed all 75 days of the MXU 75 Day Health Challenge. Congratulations. We are joined once again by Dr. Barrett Dubert, who's going to just help us celebrate, help us process some of what we've all learned. And Barrett, let me just say, first of all, thank you for partnering with us on this, for being such an encouragement. I know that a lot of folks have loved the videos every five days of you basically just laying down what we're doing and making it plain, making it simple, making it doable. So thank you for all of the structure you've provided and the just the guardrails and the guidelines. Because I know for me, I would have never been able to do this without that kind of structure in place. Oh yeah, you got it. Um, like I said in the beginning, to me, it truly is a uh, is a privilege and honor to to serve another community, just in creating health health changes, lasting health changes, hopefully. And um, and everyone needs a plan. Uh, without vision, we perish. And so we need a plan, whether that's a Bible reading plan or a personal growth plan or a nutrition plan. It's so important to have accountability and a plan, and it's so vital to have a community. That's why, you know, when I saw there was fifteen hundred people signing up for this program uh it was it was very encouraging to me to see how many people are willing to at least put their foot in a water that they may have never touched before um i, I guarantee that that if we look around 1500 people uh there's probably 1499 people that didn't do it to the capacity that they probably wanted to that's just reality and so you know what do we do from here and how do we keep it going that's awesome no, I think you just said it perfectly. Uh, I've said it a few weeks ago, and and now that we're at the end of, I'm going to call it this this leg of the adventure, I had definitely felt probably for the last month, even five weeks, that this wasn't going to be enough. And like you said, like I didn't do this perfectly. Let me just come out and say that, like I did not nail this 100 percent all 75 days, like. Jeff, Jeff and I were in Vegas a few weekends ago. Jeff was really, really good, and I was very proud of him. <laughs> but I, I did, I broke a few rules. I'll just say that. But I didn't go crazy with the food. I don't know if you noticed that, Jeff, but no, I definitely did. Yeah. I kept it pretty chill with the food, but it's Vegas. I'm, I'm sorry, Doc. It was just, <laughs> just what I had to do. But, um, but e- even that, like the Tabata stuff specifically, I felt when I would finish it, that I should do it either again or do more. Like it felt like, okay, to get where I need to go, I know I'm going to have to ramp this up. And then also with the dieting and the food stuff, like this 75 day plan had, you know, it had no sugar in it and it had intermittent fasting, but we didn't really talk about portions and calories and macros. We just got to the point that was like, Hey, count the macros just so you can understand what that is. So I, you know, we're definitely teed up for what's next so that that's where i'm at i'm I'm super pumped we got to this far i've never done anything like this and then at the end of 10 weeks wasn't tired from doing a plan if that makes sense like i'm not going Mm -hmm. like i just can't wait to freaking pig out again i so i feel like i want to do more and also something i'm encouraged by is in the last 
I think in the last week, really, it was spring break this week and I was in Tennessee all week with my family. I got to the point this week where even eating meals, I left food on the table because I got full quicker. And I, and I haven't really been like, like we had pizza and we had burgers and like, so we're not going like super health on the food stuff, but I didn't finish anything. Like we had pizza last night at Hard Knocks Pizza in Hardin Valley. You know where that is. Um, and I ate two pieces of pizza. And I'm like, that, it, seven, eight months ago, I would have freaking crushed a whole 12-inch by myself. And, and I'm not doing that anymore. So, so I'm encouraged by that. That's good. Yeah, that's awesome. Another thing that I loved is that it's not just about food. It's not just about exercise. But we've implemented the hydration aspect and the the prayer and study aspect is more of a whole a whole health whole body you know mental spiritual emotional physical it's it's you know it's something that encompasses a lot of aspects of what we all need to be focusing on and i think the cool thing that we're going to see as we start to hear stories of people trickle in is each of those aspects has impacted people in different ways some people never knew how dehydrated they were some people never knew how poorly they were eating. Some people never knew how hard it was to do a burpee. Some people never knew how much they were lacking in terms of just engaging with the Lord in prayer and Bible study. And so I think you put all those things together, and we're going to hear story after story after story of impact that will really be long-term for a lot of these guys. And I'm just, I'm just thrilled. Yeah, you know, the big thing that separates what we tried to create as a team um, with the MXU 75 challenge versus practically every other challenge on the planet is most challenges are trying to get you to buy in to quick results. And I think that's good, but I also don't think it's sustainable. Maybe one out of 10, maybe one out of 20 could, could continue to sustain some type of nutrition and exercise program that is as aggressive as some of these programs out there. But MXU 75 was really a, a, a program to make you think, to make you process, to make you uh, dig a little deeper, but, but not to the point where you're set up to fail and that you're willing, you're just going to give up. And, and again, the whole concept with this is, where are we going to be seven months from now, seven years from now, not just 75 days from now? And if we can kind of provoke our heart to learn, hey, um, I don't need that in my life, even if I just took it out for a week, or um, I do need more time, just hydration, more time in prayer, more time uh, just walking. Hey, that alone could be such a stress relief for so many people. Now, now, now we have something to build off of. Um, it's something that we can, like Lisa. I think that's the point, it, Lee. It's not. It's it. It's not. Hey, this was so hard. I worked so hard. I used all my energy to just complete the program. It was. Hey, I want more. Um, and it's just like workouts. If it leaves you on your back every single day, sooner or later, that's not sustainable. You can't keep that up. But. When you finish a workout and you think, hey, 
I could probably give it a little bit more. That's like the perfect workout uh. because then you're, you have some capacity set up for the next day to succeed for the next training session. And so that, that to me, what you said exactly, Lee is, Hey, I felt like the, I, I'm ready for more is the exact reason why we structured it the way we did. Well, that's good to know because I did feel it can be frustrating if you think of it through the wrong lens because, like you said, quick results is what everybody's used to, you know, whether that's a commercial or another diet or seeing somebody on Instagram. And it can be frustrating to be, you know, 60 days in and I feel like, man, I've probably only lost 15 pounds. But I was thinking about this today going, well, if I did that, four five times a year that's 60 pounds oh that's exactly right that's a lot like i'm used to doing stuff and losing 60 pounds in two months jeff's seen me do it twice now in 10 years and that didn't work so this is like i have to catch myself not being discouraged yeah well the last time you did it it was through a diet that i wouldn't really recommend to anybody after having done this yeah because it was just not it was it was like the epitome of a crash diet. Yeah. And the problem is at the end of that you're going to crash. Yeah. That's right. If if we realize that most of us the truth is most of us are overworked, overstressed. Um we're underfed and undernourished and underhydrated. Uh yet most of us when we when we start eating quality foods we can eat a lot of food and actually lose weight. And so to me, that's the coolest thing is I like to eat. I eat, you know, 35 to four, 3,500 to 4,000 calories a day. I, I can Jeez. slam some food, dude. but, but you know what? Like if you shut, and this is one of the biggest principles of weight loss right here. If you have created hormonal imbalances due to poor nutrition, which is really high sugar, high alcohol, high inflammation levels, then your body is really, really sucky at burning fat, really bad. And so what you have to do then to burn fat is go into a caloric restricted state. And it, that'll work. That'll work for maybe 30, 60, 90 days. But sooner or later, you can't override the God-designed system of adaptation. So your body will then go into hibernation mode, It'll adapt to caloric restriction and it'll stop your weight loss. And then when you're eating 1500 calories a day, your metabolism is super low. Your testosterone levels are in the toilet. Your metabolism is, is all kinds of jacked up and you're sleeping terrible and you're overly stressed. We're undernourished and we're overly uh, worked. And so when we start uh, rebuilding these foundations of stress relief and uh, diaphragmatic breathing and hydration and low inflammation levels and movement. Uh, it may not be like this grandiose, huge plan, but when we stack all these together, what we're really doing is changing our internal environment, things that we can't see. And that produces long-term results every single time. It'll produce long-term results. That's awesome. So good. Okay. So where we got to today, do you think people listening and even me specifically, Jeff specifically, should we continue 
to roll with where we finished or are there things we should add to this now? Yeah. So I think we, uh, we keep rolling with what we've done, right? So let's just call it, Hey, we're doing about 30 minutes a day of like intentional, you know, uh, quiet time, study, prayer, reading, meditation. Okay. We're yep. spending 30 minutes a day, roughly in terms of just walking, walking after meals, walking at night. We're consuming half our body weight in ounces of water every single day. We're trying to consume three big meals a day with no snacking. Um, maybe once every couple of weeks, we, we, we fast for a day. And, uh, and now, now we've created this foundation, this true foundation that is solid. And yeah. if we're checking those boxes every week, week over week, you will continue to see results. And then it's like, hey, okay. I'm, I'm ready for the next thing. I'm ready to take my fitness to another level. So now we start adding a little bit more in the fitness component, uh, a little bit more strength training to, to, to improve your hormone regulation. Um, and then, and then, then it's an evolution. Hey, we, we really want to, uh, like die to the flesh. We're going to do a five day water fast. We're going to do a 30 day, um, paleo, uh, whole 30 program. Uh, and, and what's great is if you have this foundation, and you do these 30-day challenges that are a little bit more difficult. It's not like going from zero to 100. It's like going from like 80 to 100. And then you can always go back to your 80. Uh. And now you have a sustainable program. But if you haven't built up at least some level of foundation, then it's just this kind of pendulum swing and you're gaining and losing, gaining and losing. And so to me, I think it's definitely, hey, let's if you're, if you're not hitting the foundation, then it's, it's pointless to, to move on. Let's just keep checking those foundational boxes. That's really good. Well, for me, one of the things that has been most surprising, honestly, is how much better I have felt since the very beginning without alcohol. You know, we've talked about this before and how, you know, how difficult it is for your body and your, your liver and other internal organs to process alcohol to the point now where I'm like, hey, I, you know, I started, I kind of started a little bit before February 1st on the alcohol thing because I'd gotten sick mid-January. And so I haven't had a drink since like January 12th. So for me, I'm like, you know, I don't even know if I want to go back to what I was doing because of how much better I feel. Now, I'm not saying I'm never going to have a drink. I'm not saying that I'm never going to go there. But I'm, I'm honestly at the point where I ask myself, is it worth it? Because yes. of how it destroys your sleep and how it destroys just that feeling of in the middle of the night, your heart's pounding and you're sweating and all these things. It's like, man, I, I just, I don't care for that feeling more than I'd care for the good feeling that euphoria from a couple of drinks. But for some people, they're going to be like, okay, taking to an extreme they're going to see it as almost like a legalistic thing where it's like, I, no, I can't ever do this or I've completely fallen off the wagon and have destroyed my plan. So when there are things, maybe not with alcohol, but like with, with an occasional dessert or with you know, things like celebrating at a birthday party and you're going to have a glass of wine, or you're going to have like, how do you coach people to, because some people hear moderation and they think, okay, I can do a little bit of that every day. That's not really what moderation is because for me, if I did a little bit of that every day, I'd feel like I did before and then my sleep would go to 
crap and my feeling of energy and clear-headedness and all that would go away. So how do we, how do we find that middle ground? Yeah, man, that's so good. I think, uh, well, first to your point, that is the light bulb moment. That's the key. It's, um, I'm not willing to exchange how I feel for X and you, you define what that is. But even to me, I, I ask myself that every day, is it worth it? Is it worth my sleep? Is it worth, um, because in my morning, when I wake up in the morning, is it worth my energy levels? Is it worth how I feel? Is it worth uh, not being able to train the way I want to the next day because I'm sluggish or I'm tired or I'm inflamed? So um, I think everyone has that question they can ask themselves is, um, is, it, is it worth it? And then the, the, uh, the second part of your question would be, man, everyone's in a different spot, right? So it's kind of hard. Like you mentioned, law versus grace. It's kind of hard to say, all right, everyone just one drink a week. Well, would that, would that work? It, it, it could. It could for a lot of people. It could be a good plan. Um, it may be something where someone is once every uh, two drinks a week or one drink every two weeks. So to, to me, the, um, the way I like to kind of process how I look at anything I do outside of like my foundation is I always ask myself, okay, well, why am I doing it? Is, am I feeling some type of like mm, uh, emotional need? Am I trying to just relax? Because if I'm trying to relax, an alcoholic beverage isn't going to necessarily be my, my way of truly relaxing and healing. So uh, maybe I do need that extra 15 minutes uh, with the Lord at night. Maybe I just need to go for a walk. Um, so a lot of times we're using food and alcohol in the world to support uh, a lot of times when we're stressed, when we're overworked. And so we really just have to do a good inventory of, Hey, why am I doing this now? What if it is a true celebration? Great. Let's, let's celebrate. Let's enjoy a night. Let's enjoy. But I, I guarantee there's not a celebration every three days of your life, right? There's usually a celebration once, once every couple of weeks, so the why is really important behind what, what we do, because that'll define how we do it for the rest of the, with, for the rest of our life. And then, good. and then the, so, so then we're not caught up in the law. And when we, when we break the law, then we have guilt and shame. And then we just get thrown off of this. Well, I'm just not going to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's where you really get into the psychology of food. And, 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 and really what we put in our bodies, what we do to our bodies, why are we doing it? And I think answering that question will help define uh, how often you do it and what, what you're doing to it. That's good. You know, some people, I mean, I'm, just so you guys realize, I'm just using alcohol as an example. Because some people listening are going, well, I don't drink anyway, so that's not a big deal. But what about soda? What about candy? What about those you know, desserts? It's like this same thing applies to all of those things. So it's not just alcohol, guys. It's you know, everything that we've sort of tried to kind of get our bodies to detox from, all of those dangers. I mean, sugar is the biggest problem that most of us have, whether that comes from 
overeating, you know, empty carbs or whether it's actual, you know, candy, desserts, sweets, you know, that's, yeah, that's a big deal. So it's not just alcohol. No. We're talking about all these things. Yeah. Mine was overeating carbs. I think that was the, that satiated feeling of, you know, pounding a giant burrito from Chipotle and a bag of chips and guac. And then it's like, you feel so full. I felt like I had to get to that point every time I ate. So now, like I said, just in the last week, probably two weeks, I feel like I don't have to do that anymore. So in some ways, I'm looking forward to the next 30 days or so mm-hmm. of, well, okay, so what's that going to be like now? That Because that's probably cutting 500 calories a day just right there, just in a few extra bites and in a couple meals. Yep, exactly right. That's good. Well, I, you know, we're gonna we're gonna hear stories from a lot of people about their successes and their challenges, and I just want to, you know, uh, I just want to take a second to, I don't know, I it's not bragging at all, but I just I happened before we got on the call today, I stepped on the scale, even though it's a day early, because I wanted to be able to know, like, okay, this is day seventy four technically when we're recording, but I weighed myself and I did my measurements. Now I. It's, you know, Easter weekend, Saturday, so I didn't get my body fat analysis, but I was shocked at the scale. I didn't know you were doing this. I, I didn't either until I did it. So the measurements for me were the, the largest part around my belly, the largest part around my thigh, and the largest part around my biceps and my body weight. So over the last 75 days... I've lost 30 pounds, guys. Come no on, man. Way. No way. I, I it's so <laughs> emotional for me because it was it was something that I never thought would happen this this quickly. And it wasn't like it wasn't like I'm totally depriving myself. Like we ate, especially when I was home and not traveling, we eat good full meals. Like my wife cooks great food that's mostly paleo all the time. So it's not like I was starving. I was just eating right, eating better, eating whole foods. And then my belly has decreased four inches. Come on, man. And my thigh, three inches. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I'm like, what in the world? Like, it's so encouraging. So, you know, part of it for me is like, gosh, I, I've got to keep going just because I want this to be, like, I want this feeling to be something that I can hold on to for a long time. So that plus the gains that I've seen in terms of endurance when I'm working out and other things, it's like, man, I'm, I'm with you, Lee. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to continuing to step up the intensity in the workouts so that I can continue to get stronger and continue to sleep better and all those things. So anyway, I'm, I don't say any of that to brag. I just say for those- You should brag. That's absolutely brag worthy. But for those of you guys who are going to step on the scale this weekend and see some great results, we've already seen a, a post from Sweet Pete, who's close to 30 pounds as well. I think his was 27 or so pounds. It's like, guys, this is unbelievable. So please share with us your results. Share with us those stories, because I know that I'm not the only one who's going to be a little bit ecstatic about what's happening here. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, that is incredible. And to me, if it was just you and I sitting on a conference call 75 days ago and, and, and you were the only one 75 days later that, that, that had that type of change. I know like Lee mentioned, he's 60 days in lost 15 pounds to lose a pound every couple of weeks 
is absolutely profound when you think about what a pound of fat actually is. Uh, it's amazing. And so in the coolest part is we look at the superficial, but you have to realize belly fat kills. Mm. Belly fat kills is it is period in a statement. It is the worst fat because it's the one that's around our organs. It'll starve the life out of them. So you are literally adding years to your life and life to your years. I mean, I, I, I want to just, you know, man, I want to jump up and down right now. Uh, that's incredible. And I can't <laughs> wait to see everything else come in. And, you know, to me, it just it invigorates me to say, hey, let's, I don't want to leave anyone hanging. We got to make sure that there's some type of like next step program. Um, you know, maybe it's just the next, hey, this is what you do the next 90 days. It's a nice, good, clean transition food program, whatever. But uh, not leave you hanging. Keep 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 pressing. Keep pushing. And uh, and like you said, it wasn't really that hard, was it? Like it really wasn't. No, I mean there were days, especially at the beginning, when it was uh, like a lot of people. It was like, how am I ever going to drink this much water? Well, now you know I have this thirty-two ounce Nalgene bottle, and I just try to eat, drink three of these a day, and it's like, yeah, it's I've, I'm drinking water all the time, but. I need to be. I mean, it, it, it's really good, and I feel good. So anyway, it's it's been great. That's awesome, Jeff. Freaking stoked for you. Thanks. Okay, so Dr. Barrett, we talked about macros on one of the days that we were challenged. I think it was last week at some point. We were supposed to track our macros for a day. So for those of you guys who had to dig into what that means, it's basically analyzing within your diet how many of your calories and how much of your nutrition is coming from protein, carbohydrates, and fats. So if we have people who are trying to dig more into the nutrition side, I know for me, especially when I tried to eat whole foods and eat clean, I usually blow it on the fat because you put avocado on something or you put olive oil on something or whatever. And it's just like fats are higher than they should be or higher than the other two. So is this like a 40, 30, 30 percentage wise of how we're supposed to be thinking or what's the best way to think about macros? Yeah. So you nailed it. I do. If someone is really interested in dialing in their nutrition, right? It's all about um, finding a good balance and then building slowly over time to reset the metabolic system. So we're usually going to start people off at 40, 30, 30. So that's 40% carbohydrate, 30% protein, 30% fat. And we're going to... And that's basically on every, on every plate, right? I mean, that's every meal. Yep. That's what your goal should be. Yeah, every meal. But really, sometimes at the end of the day, there's not really a perfect balance plate. So that dinner, you're going to have to usually adapt a little bit more, whether pull a little fat off or add a little bit more protein to balance out that daily intake. Because really, you have to look at nutrition as not a singular day, but a consistency of over the course of 30 days or 60 days or 75 days. And so if you're hitting your macros 95% of the time, over the course of 30 days, you will see results. And so uh, it, it is that formula of 40, 30, 30 is a good starting point for most people. Yeah, I, I like that. And uh, and then it also gives you an idea of what your 
current um, intake of calories is. And uh, like most people I mentioned, if you are a, um, a, a individual who is, let's just say, I don't know, um, 200 pounds or 185 pounds or above, and you are moving your body regularly through exercise, you're probably going to need to be close to 3,000 calories a day. And so you don't go from two to three. You have to assess what your caloric intake is. And let's just say you're hitting 1,900. Well, a week later, you want to try to hit two and then 2,100 and 2,200. And as you slowly ramp up that calorie intake, your metabolism will start to turn on and you'll start burning fat more efficiently using your fuel more efficiently. And then you'll even start losing more and more weight. So um, that's a good starting point, Jeff, 40, 30, 30. Uh, absolutely. And you can usually log that through like a MyFitnessPal app. Cool. Well, that that is probably going to be the ne- one of the next steps for me is to really kind of try to get that dialed in. But I'll tell you, I will. Uh, if you eat uh, whole foods, so a bunch of like vegetables that have a ton of fiber in it, and a bunch of protein, clean protein, so fish, red meat, chicken, whatever, okay, eggs. Um, you really don't have to count your macros at the end of the day, and and so it's good to take an inventory to see if you're really underfed or overfed in any particular area for a couple of weeks or maybe even a couple of months. But over time, when you learn the relationship with food, is it, it's fuel. It can, it's, and it can be very palatable, but it's fuel and how to balance your fuel properly. Then, then you can, you can look at a particular food item and know, Hey, this is, this is, this is way too much. I need to pull back in this other area. And it's just, and it's just, then it becomes just a natural thing that you do with your, with your food intake daily. That's good. Well, for a lot of people, you know, one of the things they've learned through this process has been to treat food as fuel instead of food as a source of pleasure or emotional fulfillment oh, yeah. or food is like a whatever hobby. that, you know, right. Right. <laughs> Food's like a hobby or a side hustle, you know, it's like, <laughs> or a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. That's a big shift. I, I've, you've heard people say that so much, but you know, sometimes when they say it again, it's like, of course, like you have to think of food as fuel, not, what am I about to go enjoy? Where am I going to go? What's going to taste good? You know, do that yeah. occasionally when you go out of town, you go on vacation, go to Vegas, nice restaurants. We enjoy that stuff. But like, stop thinking, where am I going to lunch today so I can just freaking crush a whatever? Right. Yeah. And I will say this is whether you're with the MXU community, you know, going forward nutritionally, um, have some accountability, you know, um, don't, don't ever go at it alone. Like we need accountability. We need someone to say, Hey, how you doing in your walk? Like, Hey, how, how are you doing in your, uh, in your nutrition? Like, Hey, how many times you trained this week? And, uh, and doing, doing life with people is the way I think God designed, uh, how we, how we're supposed to exist. And so, so keep, keep it up and, and reach out. Obviously if, if there are people in need and, and, and you guys will get the input, but if there's like, you know, hundred people that say, Hey, I, I want to keep this thing going. Well, let's, let's make sure we, we allow that to happen for people. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I know I got to keep going. Like I said, like, I feel like I just now got to the point where I'm ready to like shift it into another gear, but I'm going on the road. 
six weeks from now, I get on a tour bus for a month. And I know that if that foundation's not triple as strong as it is right now, that's going to be dangerous for me. So I've got to like really firm this up. That's good. Well, once again, Dr. Barrett, thank you. We're going we're gonna to come back and get input from you on maybe how to make this sustainable. I'd love the idea of having a, an occasional check-in, but also to have a like plan moving forward. So I think especially on the nutrition front, I think it'll be good for people to continue to hear from you and continue to work together to figure out how to keep getting better. You know, we talk about MXU is designed at its core to help us get better. You know, and for a lot, it started with us getting better at mixing audio and then getting better at how we lead our teams and getting better at fostering community. Well, now we're getting better at self care and literally, you know, caring for the bodies and the spirits that God has given us. So I love that this, even though it's not specifically about gear, technology, and production. It is so important. So again, thank you so much for the vital role that you've played in this. And I'm just, I'm stoked. I cannot wait to hear everybody's stories. Oh yeah, man. Me too. I'm looking forward to some follow-ups. Okay. Well, that was awesome. I think Dr. Barrett has done incredible work for all of our community. And the fact that we've had so many people jump in and get on board with this, I just, I'm, you know, when we set out to do it, we thought, what if we could get a few hundred people to join us on this? And then as people started signing up, we were like, what if we got a thousand? Wouldn't that be amazing? And 1,500 people have been on this journey. Now, obviously, some of them quit after a week and some of them, whatever. But I feel like even if half have done this, we've lost tons of weight, literally tons, and have established habits that can last a lifetime literally added years to people's lives so i'm i'm just humbled and grateful yeah i mean i i'm speechless i really am just, I, we kept it to ourselves a bit because you know some of this stuff's pretty private but the emails and messages that we get still it's yeah. just like what we're doing is way more important than lighting cues cameras out of focus and snare drum samples yeah you know i know we don't have to get specific, but just one one story. I mean, we have a guy who emailed us both and basically said, you know, I was on board with this thing. I was just feeling so sluggish and so out of it and went to the doctor. And now he has a stint and a, had a bypass procedure and is like, his life was saved because of just awareness of what was going on through this challenge. It's just it's so gratifying. But there's been dozens of stories that are that heavy yeah that's been the craziest part to me yeah i'm stoked to keep going too man yeah me too well dude i'll see you in a week in vegas we're gonna be partying i cannot what, wait what day do you get there i'm actually coming a day early so i can just hang out with adam they're doing their album release at the church oh and so I'm going. I think you're coming in Sunday. I think I'll yeah. be there Saturday night so I can be there for Sunday morning. Oh, my gosh. Go fluff my pillow for me. Uh, gladly. <laughs> we definitely just sleep in separate rooms. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just just for clarity's sake. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Well, I can't oh, wait to see cool. you in person. Yeah, man. All um, right. Well, thanks, everybody. 
It's been a good one. We'll see you next time, and we'll see if we can find Mr. J Desai. He's been he's been mysteriously busy lately, like uh, Easter's. Yeah, he's it's real. It's a big deal. Plus, he's he's a little bit of a man of mystery anyway, and so sometimes Jay will pop up on things, and I'm like, I didn't know you were there, and he's like in a photo <laughs> with some super celebrity with Gene Kim, super right. celebrity Gene Kim. Yeah. <laughs> Gene Kim and Ryan Lewis and Joseph Morakovitz like hanging out for dinner in Atlanta. It's like, okay, well, thanks for inviting me. Yep. Anyway. All right, man. All right. Take care. All right.